1: Suckers going on. Welcome, everyone, to the Playing Footsie Show. We're through the midpoint of the year. Uh, welcome to July. We're more than six months in, and it's uh, been a roller coaster so far in 2022. It's mostly a downwards-looking uh, roller coaster, but here we are, all three of us, back together. Um, how are you guys, and how have your weeks been? Well, uh, Steve, how's your week been? And then we'll ask how Paul's last six months has been. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just the people who who've been watching any of the
2: last six months of the show. This is Paul. He actually started the podcast with us and disappeared for uh, quite a, a decent length of time. But in terms of my week, my week's been all right. Steve, it's, <laughs> I've had it off work, so uh, I've just been really chilling, uh, trying to get the older cat to not kill the kitten, and uh, that's been quite a battle. Um, they do not <laughs> like each other. Um, but Paul, you look like you're in uh, you look like you're in a nice area of Birmingham. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry. Has it really been six months? Is is that the sort of length that we're talking about? It can't be. It can only be like three weeks, something like that, right? I, I don't. No, okay. You guys, you guys know better than me. And I apologise because my life is just a bit of a mess recently, as you can tell. I mean, can I just like, I was just for the for the viewers. Anyone who's viewing the podcast right now can just see uh, where I am right now, which is pretty nice. I've got to admit, this is this is one beautiful part of the world. But yeah, um, I've been changing my work up recently. I've been changing my job and things like that. And it's led me to places like this. And uh, uh, I've been trying. This This goes down on the list as uh, like before when I was doing the podcast from the back of the ambulance. This um, <laughs> the weirdest places that I can podcast from, I think, at the minute. Um, so, yeah, I, there's a few changes in my life. I promise I'm going to be back and helping you guys out a little bit more soon. I realise how how crap I've been recently. But, um, yeah, it's uh, uh, as soon as I can get some sort of level head back, I'll be back. But, um, yeah, so this week in the stock market was has been weird. I crossed 50 grand and I made a big hoo-ha about it. And I kid you not, probably... Half an hour later, I'm down two grand. So I'm back down to around uh, forty seven thousand now because I, I, I didn't I, I didn't see what the market did uh at those time or what news came out, if any, because it seems like the, no news has to come out at the moment for the market to to be ridiculously volatile. Uh but yeah, man. Um yeah, so I'm down to about forty seven now. Um I'll be making another big hoo ha when yep. uh, I get hit fifty grand again, but yeah it's it, it, I, i'm quite happy where i am though i'm i'm quite happy i think you guys will be as well you guys will probably echo what i'm saying here is that i think we all have businesses that w- we all would be happy to own i'm not saying you guys want to own a and t and t or anything like that but i'm saying that in our own portfolios i think we all have businesses and we're focused on the business here and the valuation of those businesses and um I think everyone here is quite comfortable going forward. I'm going to speak for you guys on that one.
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, I'm personally looking forward to Paul's weekly updates this week when he goes backwards and forwards through, uh, or for the next few weeks, sorry, when he goes backwards and forwards through the 50 grand mark. Um, (laughs) It sort of reminds me of the good old days in legal in general, uh, watching it go above and below 200p, I think, a share. Uh, And we used to set off notifications for that. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah. And t in the, in the Briskord, we used to have the big alarm bell. We're waiting for that to get back over 30. I don't think that's going to happen in, anytime soon. Um, yeah. But yeah,
2: we'll, yeah, it's, we'll it's, never it's, know if that alarm bell works anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. So, how's your week been, Steve? I think yep, you've got okay. the biggest one.
1: All right, fair enough. Let's not mess around then, in that case. Uh, <laughs> as followers of the show uh, will have been eagerly waiting to find out. Um I have in fact um received another dividend from Ke- no um uh I am now a dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh yes so as of uh, today is June the 30th that we're recording my son was born last week uh, June 23rd at uh 8:54 in the evening he was tiny 2.2 kilos which is way 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 down uh, on things which is a bit of a surprise because the scans oh, were showing pound. up as yeah 4 and a bit pounds just under 5. Um Wow. Which is, is surprising. It is small. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he wasn't showing small on the scans either. So there was a bit of um, a bit of an inquiry into that as we went along. So we had some time in the ICU. And it took a little while to clear the kind of post checks in hospital. Um, but we are home now. And we're all safe. And we're all very, very happy. And uh, he's downstairs meeting his grandparents uh, at the moment. And Good. having, I think, a lovely time. Yeah. So um, <laughs> that's uh, taken up most of my... Uh, thinking for the last week or so, which I guess kind of (laughs) forces me to think about markets in the way that you do, Uh, Paul, which is sort of sit tight and don't worry about the day-to-day movements. Because to be honest, I haven't really managed to look at the day-to-day movements very much, which won't (laughs) surprise anybody.
0: I was going to say, how's it going for you? Are you getting sleep?
1: Um, variable. Uh, I got a good night in last night. The first night I was up um, back and doing the night shift uh, and it's been a bit in and out in between. It feels like the tiredness is starting to catch up a bit, but we feel like we're going quite well. I mean, for those who pay attention too closely to what we're doing here, uh, I'm an academic, which means I'm in the summer holidays, which means I can probably be at home a little bit longer than I might if I was just in a job taking paternity leave. So we're well set up for the next few months. Um, Exactly how well that lends itself to saying coherent things on a podcast is, is difficult to say. And with Casper now circling with his um, playing footsie highlight reel, uh, ready to pounce man, on mistakes like a sort of absolute panther, uh, I'm very concerned uh, about some of the stuff that I'm going to say. So this may well be the stuff that gets the most views. It's just me getting every number wrong and the name of every company wrong um, and reading off the wrong part of my notes or something like that. Oh, but, uh, at least someone's going to get something out of it.
2: So I guess now is as fine a time as ever to... talk to you a little bit about the little highlight reel that Casper's been putting together. So a friend, friend of the show, Casper, reached out to us uh, a couple of weeks ago and just said, you know, would you guys be interested in me just chopping some bits out of you guys looking foolish and posting it on TikTok and uh, posting it onto uh, a footy Highlights YouTube channel. So um, I'd encourage you to go and have a look at it because um, if you're especially you're one of the people listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever, you won't be able to see it. And some of these are just me and Steve from the last couple of weeks, just making silly comments really. And Casper's uh, doing a really good job of pulling out sort of the, the humor of it. And he's also pulling apart the podcast into bite-sized chunks. So if there's bits you particularly want to hear again, um, um, if it was a particular segment that you really enjoyed and you want to go back over, or it's one of the deep dives of the stocks you want to hear again, um, the playing footsie highlight channel, um, there'll be a link in the description to it. And uh, yeah, check it out. It's uh, it's It's been quite funny so far.
0: <laughs> yeah and uh, let's not mention let's not forget to mention that casper is the pretty much the founder of the Discord as well I, our discord where we all chat and stuff but uh, he's the guy pretty much that emailed me about it very very early and started up I, I was like i don't know what discord is and he just went look here you go i'll do it for you and then obviously you guys it came. He, he sorted you guys out as well, which was incredible. But yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I, I'm. I'm worried. I'm worried about what's going to end up on those highlight reels. <laughs> and there's, we do some stupid stuff on here. <laughs> I, also, I also say some stupid stuff. Oh, we better talk about uh, cast, talk to Casper about that. one he could make me lose my job. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah. Um, so we got a lot to go to do on the show today. Um, what do we got lined up? And what. Talk about. We're going to talk mainly about news today, aren't we?
2: Yeah, it's a big news show. Um, We've got a a, a new segment now. We're going to call Quick News, and uh, (laughs) one of us, probably me at the moment, will just run down sort of, sort of three to five sort of top stories of the week and stuff that you really should have known. Uh, And this one coincides with a question we got as well from Kevin on the Highlights Channel, who said. That could I have a look at Neo and let him know what I thought? Well, um, luckily, uh, Grizzly Reports, uh, famous short report, had a look at it for me, uh, and uh, they've alleged that Neo are cooking their revenue by overselling battery packs to their battery swap partner. Um, so yeah, I had a look at it, and yeah, I looked through um, inventory and everything, and the evidence is definitely there. Uh, so. Just so, you know, Neo split into two businesses. So there is Neo, and there is uh, Wuhan Winning, um, and they buy the battery packs, and they supply the battery swap technology. So these things are back to back ordered. So if you buy one car from Neo Winning, buy one battery because there's no need for any other amount of batteries to be in circulation. There's just no need. You can't. There's no point just stashing batteries around waiting for people. It just needs to be a one to one swap. Um... So, yeah, it looks like Neo sold them 22,000 more batteries than they actually needed, which is weird because this battery mm. swap, uh, it's cool technology, but the utilization rates on it are really, really poor. So looking at what's happened with NIO, they've received... About a billion RMB on the sly, which has padded out the top and bottom line a bit. Um, so I had tried to have a look at why they're doing this for you as well. Uh, so back in 2020, uh, Neo was on the verge of going bust. They were given eight billion um, to stay afloat, and part of the agreement was that Neo would need to achieve 120 billion in revenue uh, by 2024. They're so far off this now. They're they're only hitting 40 billion at the moment, uh, even with the dodginess. The miles off. Uh, both of these companies share. Uh, board members so it's there's a little bit of collusion here i think this is dodgy uh, and kevin at the time i said i didn't know a lot about neo and i wasn't particularly interested and now i'm even less interested uh, anything you guys think about that
0: so for me the early stuff with neo and it w- does worry me um with neo everyone jumped on it basically as the next chinese tesla and it was it was horrible to kind of watch and th- and then this battery t- swap technology I, I i know it's kind of it's a, it's a very novel idea but those big machines that pop up and they they kind of back the car into it and then the battery pack comes and is this the one i'm thinking of correctly i'm i'm thinking it. just not if uh to make sure that i know what i'm talking about and um i just cannot see those being built in your local house i can't see that uh every single car coming along backing up into a battery swap and then swapping it out it's just oh, it's just not going to happen the outlay is too strong when tesla just has to uh place down some electrical wiring the floor and create a network i think the 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 baseline case for neo but just based on that is is really bad um and obviously now you can see what they're doing I, I, I did read a bit of the the report probably not as much as you did but the fact that it was uh, they've oversold the batteries just shows that they are trying to tread water here and they and they are sinking and it's i'm, I'm scared i'd be very scared as an investor there
1: hmm Sometimes when I look at a short report and the stock starts going down like Neo um, has been, I start thinking, well, look, it's possible to overreact to stuff uh, when you hear bad news. It doesn't have to be a short report. It can just be uh, news about earnings or news about uh, personnel changing and so on and so forth. This doesn't to me feel like that kind of case. It feels to me like there's a real problem here. And sometimes with a stock, I start thinking, well, look, news is bad here. This earnings report is bad and there's no two ways about that. But I would be OK with I can soak up that bad news. At this price, uh, and I can't think what price would cause me to start taking an interest in Neo here. So it sort of feels to me like short reports are a bit of a mixed bag, really. And Steve and I, uh, I, I just ignore them basically because Steve and I got done on an M phase one that turned out to be rubbish. Um, <laughs> stock started going down. I think probably fair to say both of us panicked, sold a little bit um and just call that one what it is uh and yeah since then i mean that is i guess one of the advantages of going for bigger blue chip things that we don't often talk about you're unlikely to get massively outed by a short seller uh, in a certain way Mm. there tends to be better visibility around these things and this isn't
0: uh like the nanox one where they were saying like they made up loads of uh, addresses and there was people invested that weren't and things like that and just kind of making up a narrative. It, it's not like that one. It's not like there was a work or uh, was it a workhorse or uh, the other one, which uh, which which was kind of bad, but it didn't it didn't explain exactly what the problem was this is a lot more like a nicola one this is a lot more like we we found trucks rolling down the hill here this is this that's what this one feels more more like as far as short reports go i don't know the the accreditation of the company um i don't know how good they are but they've all got stupid names haven't they um like i said i i was worried before but um this this is just even
2: worse well this is this is Particularly bad because Neo have confirmed they've only got X amount of customers on their um, yeah. on their battery swap system. So there's just it's strange that you then would look at the uh, the inventory that's that's posed on um, Wuhan Winnings' um, balance sheet, and the inventory is massively raised. There's just there's just no reason for it to be like that. But anyway, it's quick news, so I'll move us on. Uh, ben, Sil- ben Silverman stepped down as uh, the CEO of Pinterest. Uh, he's going up to a uh, different position. In his place comes Bill Reddy. Uh, he's from Google. He led payments and commerce. I've had a sneaky look at his LinkedIn. He had a senior role at PayPal as well. Looks pretty good on paper, this one. I think this is a yeah, decent, decent move.
0: Yeah, uh, the question which I was going to ask you, and and we discussed this before, uh, is he still doing the dual role with Google, or is this uh, like completely separate?
2: He's going to executive chairman, not just chairman, executive chairman. Okay, what does that mean? All right? Okay, I've no idea. Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, what it means to me, and this is what I read out of the deal: uh, is that there are going to be more ties and more synergy. We're the big marketing and advertising house, like, that's what it tells me. And Pinterest, I'm I'm wary of, and I'm wary of most, like, high-growth stocks, to be honest with you. But I, uh, Pinterest, I, I just never understood because I don't think I'm a 20-year-old female. I think...
2: You don't think um, you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, but
0: but I'm, a, I'm a wedding photographer as well, and I should understand it from that, but I still hmm. don't get it. I still don't understand. It. But that's just a personal thing, and it's it might, might be a circle of competence thing. We always talk about being in our circle of competence. But uh, this uh, this um, there's a lot of data to be shared here. There's a lot of uh, deals in the back alleys to be done between uh, now you've got this guy, uh, Bill, on board. Uh, what do you think?
1: So it feels to me like um, Pinterest needs to find its way to getting to. I'm trying to remember who it was now. Uh, someone on one of the multiple podcasts was announced as basically having a kind of click through and pay and buy stuff uh, model. So you see the kitchen um, uh, appliance that you like or something like that and you can just then click through buy and presumably pinterest gets some sort of cut off that the kind of thesis behind pinterest for some time has been that that could be great right it's where people go when they want to redesign their garage or something like that and uh, if they can find a way of monetizing that it should be there to it's reasonably well priced if they can get anything like a decent arpu out of it They aren't at the moment, and it's not obvious to me uh, that they're much closer to doing it. A change at the top might help, um, uh, and in fact seeing other companies doing it might help if it shows it's kind of there to be done in a certain way. But that's, I guess I'm still looking, I can see the kind of thesis that people have where it's not about growing the numbers, it's about monetizing the numbers in a certain way. Start monetizing the kind of base that they have, Mm. and away we go. Uh, I just can't quite see why it isn't happening yet, and I'm not quite sure when I think it will. Uh, Steve knows his company better than me, though. So I was going to say, just one of the things that we saw um, when Oracle reached maturity
2: was a lot of its um, sort of heavy heavy, high-up staff left off to go do more exciting ventures, and they went off to form all sorts of companies and do all sorts of things, and they were really, really successful. I mean, you you can look at Oracle's cast offs and see. Yeah, and I think... Um, <laughs> I think Benioff was an Oracle, an Oracle guy as well. So, um, so there's just two off the top of my head, and it feels a little bit like Google might be doing that now with some of its seniors. You see a lot of, especially Amazon and Google seniors are leaving to go and do new things. So, Mm. um, these are the best and brightest that Google had. So, uh, yeah, if Pinterest want to be, if they want to move more into commerce and they want to move more into payments, then the the best guy to get would be the guy who led payments and commerce at Google. And who works at PayPal? I think it looks a pretty decent acquisition to me.
0: This can't be a reason to be bearish on big tech, though,
2: can it? It doesn't need to be, does it? Because the two different types of um, you're talking about two different types of company. A company that is is just trying to grow all costs is very different to a company that's trying to generate free cash flow. So the people who mm-hmm. make make growth all costs don't necessarily make the, the the best people to you know to to turn the profit screws on. So. Um, yeah, it could be that Pinterest is not wanting to make a lot of profit and is still wanting to grow pretty quickly. And uh, in that case, Bill Ready looks like he might be the right man for the job.
0: That's the problem with this market at the moment. As we head into the reche- recession and we start to see these layoffs. By the way, I feel like I'm uh, reporting to you from uh, from on location. <laughs> at the moment, I'm kind of <laughs> kind of going, well, Bob, yes. Yeah, uh, but I'll, 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 I just got sidetracked there, sorry. You could have always uh, Steve. Yeah. Yeah, I could have gone with Steve (laughs) Um, Yeah, but in this market with this recession, with the layoffs that are happening particularly in big tech in in some places, uh, I mean, uh, we'll have to talk about Tesla actually in a little bit but um, with all this going on investors have I've personally seen the shift, I don't know if you agree with it, that, that investors have shifted a little bit to high cash flow, they have shifted a little bit to companies that are profitable or profitable and who are more profitable on paper we can obviously say that Pinterest has the ability to uh, generate that uh, free cash flow and potentially you will know better than I do but I think it has the potential to turn the tap on anytime it wants or it or it just it has a chance um is it a good time to to invest in Pinterest and how did the share price do immediately after this news because I'm asking you for it immediately after the news because I can imagine what it's done over the past couple of days.
2: Uh, it bombed up nine percent um, straight yeah. up nine percent. Yeah, it. everybody was happy with this. This was a good appointment, but since then it's yeah. it's fallen quite considerably. Um, Pinterest is a free cash flow generating company anyway. Uh, just to, to your other point, uh, when the whole market runs to dividend stocks, it's too late for you to run to dividend stocks. Uh, Absolutely. You're, supp- you're supposed Absolutely. to um, you're supposed to zag when there's zig. So um, yeah. Uh, this is the that, time to look at these doing, sort of mate. companies. Yeah, you want to look at the companies that are beating Same. down, not the companies that are uh, that are running up still. <laughs> Absolutely,
0: yeah. Absolutely. Even, even, I mean, just from a personal point here, are you guys taking profit on anything? Because I actually did take my first profit a couple of days ago. I felt very dirty, but I felt like I had to. Have you guys been doing any of that?
1: Yeah. Uh, so I've been, I suppose you call it zagging when the market zigs. I guess I would call it going where i think the best opportunities are um i think i mentioned a few weeks ago maybe i didn't uh that i ran out of bristol myers squib because uh i thought i saw better price stuff elsewhere it looks the way i'm thinking about this at the moment is i'm still thinking 30 years or so uh, as a time horizon and i'm looking at each company and what it costs and what i think their earnings are going to be for 30 years and at the moment i'm happy to uh, with a 30 year time horizon i'm happy to wait i'm not particularly worried about cash today things so Um, I've seen people running into Coca-Cola, which is a perfectly sensible, perfectly good company. If you're concerned that you're going to have to tell somebody at the end of the month or the end of the quarter or the end of the year, what your P and L looks like in the stock market, I would probably be running that way if I were in that situation, although I probably have run there by now. Um, but I don't particularly have to tell anyone what my P and L looks like over the next, um, quarter month or year. And I'm going to invest like Mm. someone who... Wants to tell you what it was in thirty years rather than in uh, thirty days, I guess.
0: By the way, I just want to be clear here to everybody who's listening: this is financial advice. I I'm genuinely oh, interested in hearing about what these guys are 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 doing at the moment. And when we discuss this, this is just what we're doing and not what anyone else should be doing. But I kind of agree. I can't remember if I've taken profit on. Bristol-Myers Squibb, I'm not selling out because I still see uh, very high cash generation and uh, I'm still banking on a lot of that pipeline to come through. But companies like BAE, uh, uh, Raytheon Technologies, which are still ridiculously high at the moment, I've taken profit on, I have to admit, I just saw it and went, I think I've got a better opportunity here in ASML, in Amazon. Uh, I can't go as speculative as some of the lower, some of the Kathy Wood stocks yet. Um, I'm not quite there, and I don't know if you guys are or not. Um, I'd like to hear if you're still adding, adding to Teladoc at the moment, actually. But um, yeah, at the moment I have, I, I, I want to do this zig until this, uh, while everyone's zagging at the moment. So while everyone's pushing up my dividend stocks, I'm just kind of taking a bit. I'm staying in everything, but. Um, yeah, definitely looking towards high cash flow and share buybacks is my big thing as, at the moment as well.
1: Mm. Steve, you of course um, had massive positions in dividend paying stocks like Unilever and all the other things along those <laughs> sorts of lines. Um, have you been selling loads of those to buy even higher growthy stock names than you had before?
2: <laughs> I, was, I was like going selling. Selling for the week. <laughs> and then you said, oh, I've come by Bristol Myers Grip. Oh, yes, yeah, so have I. <laughs> and I've sold legal in general as well. So there you go. There's another one for you to... You completely um, out of legal in general as well. I've completely sold Bristol Myers I've completely sold um, legal in general. Uh, uh, and I can't no, even I can't remember... Can't even remember what I put it into, but uh, I saw League in General at two sixty something, so that was pretty good. And then Bristol Myers yeah. I saw at just under all time high, so yeah, so I'm happy with both of those. Really, I, I explained to Sam. I spoke to Sam. Sam. Uh, Sam. Uh, who's been a big supporter of the show called me? A, almost called me a traitor and made me explain myself. Uh, <laughs> so I explained myself that it's not anything to do with Bristol Myers. I think everybody here still sees that huge wall of earnings is just around the corner. But the mm. issue being is that you know where Bristol Myers might do ten percent a year, there's things that yep. might do fifteen, and that's the only reason that that I would that I would sell it. Um, I've been buying. It, it was my deposit on Friday. I bought just so you know, Paul. I bought a bit of Kupang. I bought into it. Mm-hmm. About Disney, mm. about Amazon, and about Airbnb. <laughs> They're the sort of premium of the premium nice. of the growth, the growthy kind of companies. Yeah. And there's just no reason to put my money elsewhere. So there's no reason to take on risk when companies like yeah. Intuit Disney, Amazon, and Airbnb are, are falling as much as they are.
0: Yep. Yeah, Disney is definitely one I've been looking at. Amazon, obviously. Uh, I even took profit on a little bit of Amazon because it shot up so much. I feel bad to say I've been trading it a little bit, but it's just been so simple to see that little fluctuation. That I'm, da- I think I'm down on it right now. No, not, I'm about four percent up on it actually. Still, uh, I, I just, again, I just waited quite a long time to get in, <laughs> not, not to.
2: Quickfire News has taken 25 minutes, so I'll just quickly race (laughs) through the last two, and then we'll have a chat about ARK's valuation of Zoom. But Credit Suisse (laughs) uh, on Monday was fined two... I think it was $2 million. It was backdated for facilitating money laundering relating to a Bulgarian cocaine gang. On Tuesday, (laughs) they released a press release saying they were seeking some good risk opportunities. I just think with Credit Suisse, they are literally at the forefront of everything to do with crime. and uh, I'm not afraid to say that. I don't think we could be sued for that. I think the lawyers would say... Yes, yes, we are. Yes, I'm sorry, we are. Uh, you can't teach them nothing. Anyway, uh, if you're feeling bad about your portfolio, uh, a bunch of venture capitalists invested about, uh, well, a stack of money into BlockFi last year, and they valued it at $3.5 billion. The rumor mill is saying it's just been sold to FTX for just $25 million. So FTX, if you're feeling bad, you're not down 99.99%. So onwards to ARK's laughable valuation <laughs> of Zoom. Because it's getting harder and harder to defend Kathy Wood, I think. Uh, We've said that. We thought she may have a good year if the market's end. But she has released um, a 2027 model for Zoom in which she predicts This is compound average growth rate. That Zoom will have 66% revenue growth, 74% adjusted margin growth, uh, 71% adjusted EBITDA growth, 103% unlevered free cash flow growth. That includes stock-based compensation. 50% growth in net cash. And she thinks the price is going to increase just 75% compound average growth. Daniel. I I, I saw. And you will going do that all
0: the time. I saw the thing, and I've seen on Twitter everybody taking the piss and making their own, because you can make your own version mm. of it, can't you, uh, yeah. out there? I, I've, I've seen everyone taking the piss on Twitter. Um, I, in her defense, right? So. I'll give the defensive point of view and you can tear this apart even because it's still pretty easy. Um, Flywheel. That's what she's going with. She's using the term flywheel. She loves these buzzwords that the big tech uh, companies have been using. Uh, Flywheel. So she sees the video service similar to what we're using right now, by the way. We're not using Zoom right now. We're using another company. We're using a competitor. Um, She sees that video service as a flywheel and they're going to invest in all of the other stuff. So that... uh, if anyone's not familiar with the flywheel term, it's that the flywheel generates all the cash and you get to invest in other things and make them grow. Google, Amazon, Apple have all done all these things. They've had their flywheel and they've been investing in other speculative stuff and they've grown their business to ridiculous levels. Uh, I'll, I'll let you finish that one. Does does that work?
1: Well, um, were you supposed to be making the case for the defence by pointing out it's full of buzzwords <laughs> as you're opening gambit, <laughs> <Alice>? <laughs>
0: I tried. I tried. I'm trying. I'm trying to be devil's (laughs) advocate.
1: Well, look, that's a sensible-ish thesis. I guess I worry about the flywheel a little bit, and I worry about the motor around that um, flywheel, because Zoom appears to be stickier than I thought it was, in fairness, to give it uh, its due. I feel like Zoom is basically a commodity product. It's video conferencing, um, and Teams does it, and Google tried to do it, and no one really uses a Google thing, and we record through something that is none of those things, and the reason we record through something is all right paul talks to himself on google then um (laughs) but uh the reason we use something that isn't zoom is because zoom is terrible uh for the kind of things that we use it for and we tried using it a couple of times and it's the reason some of the sound is terrible on them but um i Mm -hmm. so here's the thing with kathy wood um i i could make sense of a lot of what she says and i give her a lot of respect for continuing to publish her research and say what she thinks rather than um having her research hidden behind a wall and just coughing out a kind of price target number with no uh, justification for it at all. Um, You can think what you like about the case, and I don't think it's very good. But in the case of Kathy Wood, I really don't like the fact that she appears to be everything that I dislike in terms of being a salesperson rather than um, telling you stuff that is likely true in some way or another. So her job is to get you to stick money into her funds so she can take it off you in the form of fees. Um, And that, as far as I can see, is what it comes down to. That's what a lot of people were trying to do, of course. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that it's true of her. The issue I have when I think about her stuff in my own things, it's very tempting to then just discard all of it. And I think there probably is gold to be found in some of these Kathy Wood stocks. There's probably some good stuff in there, but you have to go panning for it quite carefully. Um, So I think there is going to be a big winner in there somewhere. Uh, I'd be surprised if it's Zoom. Zoom I saw had come down an awful lot, and its numbers now look like they're in quote-unquote value territory. Um, and it's clearly a business that is growing its earnings at a decent clip from what I can see of it. I was very tempted by it as a stock for Paul, actually at one point, because I think I heard they're gonna start buying back shares as well into the bargain. Um but I'm a little oh, uncertain sorry. about this. Uh okay, yeah. fine. I'll try a different one.
0: They need to they need to invest in a complete ecosystem first and and fair enough, yes. Um I will say, I, I talk to a lot of people over, and I'm sure you guys do as well, over different uh, video conferencing companies. And I first get, most people come to me with Teams, and when that doesn't work, we go to Google Meet. But I will say, I had a call with somebody on Zoom the other day, and it was by far the best one that we that I've had so far with no problems. Meet, I generally don't get have any problems, just nobody knows it exists. That's as far as I can tell on that one. Um, but there's so much competition there we're using riverside riverside's great but most things it can be frustrating sometimes but i think they all have have little problems like that and zoom zoom is not not out of that either very interesting one kathy wood uh the the other thing with the buzzwords what we're talking about is one thing i was going to bring up as well was uh you might have seen the article that came out in the past two days that she's actually had uh, 650 million, I'm going to go with million, but it could really be billion uh, of inflows in the past week or so. Uh, He's not had, had 650
1: though. billion of inflows. That's That's the size of, billion.
2: I'm gonna That's go of
0: yeah. <laughs> going to go with million. I think million. But it doesn't matter. The the, the, infos, the inflows are still there. That's the problem. The inflows are still... Com- well, according to this article, I couldn't break it down to figure out if it was uh, a placed article or something like that because you have to watch out for those because, again, she is not above that sort of level of manipulation. She's not above that level of uh, going out and buying uh, a few spots on CNBC and, and saying, "Look, we've had 650 million in, in inflows. Can you can you write that up?" Because even it, when I saw that article, even I looked at it and went, "Oh, is art coming back again? Should I maybe be spotting in a little bit?" And uh, you know, again. Uh, <sighs> just just worries me with the with the fluctuations we've seen in the market there's, i mean there's loads of dividend and value investors on twitter right now just go, just rawr, 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 saying they're the best things inside of bread. um again i think this i think this market could shift one day And I'm waiting for it to happen.
2: So just to go back to your early defense of um, the Zoom valuation. Um, So when you're talking about flywheels, um, so these companies normally uh, when they go out to go and buy other companies or bits of other companies or develop new things, they normally have a flywheel that starts with more than 404 million of unlevered free cash flow. Uh, That's not a very big flywheel. Um, You wouldn't buy an awful lot of things with that. So that makes it very difficult to grow uh, the kind of, uh, bear in mind, she's only given you five years here for Zoom to hit 52 billion in revenue. Um, And also you will see that when you're only generating 404 million in free cash, you add that to net cash if you want, so 5.7 billion, that's still not a lot of money. You're not going to buy Forty-seven billion dollars worth of revenue for, uh, for for six billion in cash essentially. That that also doesn't happen. The sort of companies yeah. you're buying with this kind of money, yes, they may have revenue, yes, they may grow really fast, yeah, they may add something to the core product. But I mean, we're talking here, just looking and working this out in my head. She thinks that people are going to be spending thirty quid a month on Zoom uh, end users, not companies, per se. Yeah, that's it. Thirty pound, and that's just not going to happen.
0: Yeah, no, no one is going to accept a Zoom call from somebody uh, from a business uh, and have to pay 30 quid a month for it. There's just absolutely no one out there. Your end users need it free and the businesses pay for it. Maybe you can get a bit, bit of a higher business rate, but I cannot see the conversion there. I cannot see the, uh, the average revenue per business there at all. I, I it's just can't see it. But going back to your point on maybe one of the, one or two of uh, Kathy Wood's stocks could get lucky and hit the big time, isn't that Tesla? Isn't that, hasn't it already happened for her? Don't you think she, is she is going to strike twice with the lightning uh, and have another one of those big companies in there do it?
1: I'm prepared to give her more than strike lucky for what it's worth. I think there might be some genuinely really good stuff in there. And she is actually really signing on to the reasons that they're very, very good. Mm. Um, Tesla, mm-hmm. I think I get more and more convinced by by the day. Uh, so it seems every time yet another Tesla drives past me, and I live in Oxford, so pretty much nothing drives past anything here. But um, mm. the more I see Tesla's on the street, the more I think they might even have a kind of insurmountable lead uh, in this. Um, and, yeah, look, car manufacturing is not has not historically been a very good business to be in, even for things that have legacy brands that people will buy up for uh, kind of whatever comes out. But uh, I'm increasingly impressed by Tesla for what it's worth.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I've even put it into some models recently and I thought, oh, this, this thing has... This thing actually has value at this point, considering it's revenue growth. And I know all the balls are saying this revenue growth is going to continue forever. Um, I mean, let's go on to a bit of Tesla opinionation, uh, opinionated news, I guess. I'm sure you've got a little bit of it. Um, 200 people getting sacked uh, who have been there since pretty much day one. And they are skilled workers. These are data loggers, aren't they? The manual data loggers that are being sacked. And they are being sacked uh, and being left out to dry what do you think that says to tesla's workforce and uh what might what actions might you think they take later
2: so tesla can be uh, a very good car company uh and will not justify its valuation uh the a lot of tesla's current valuation is based on uh robo coming along and tesla being the leader in this kind of autopilot kind of robo-taxi sector and getting rid of the people who are working on your uh, data logging for your autopilot uh, and your um, robo-taxi service seems a bit of a strange move, but it's a wider problem that's going to affect Tesla, at least in the short term, is that when this uh, when when recession bites in America, what happens is a lot of jobs get cut, and people are a bit worried about company growth. So they have no need to have five hundred sales staff when two hundred and fifty can do the job, and they have no need to have two hundred marketers when one hundred can do the job. And unfortunately, these guys are the guys who are going to be in your Tesla, the guys who are going up and down the country selling door to door and doing. Making make calls and what have you, they're going to be the ones that are in your company car, Teslas. And uh, if they're getting uh, getting let go from jobs, uh, that's that's bad news for Tesla. That, you know, there's no way about it. That's that's not good. Uh, but I, I tend to be the the growthy investor out of the lot of us. But I still don't see any value in Tesla. Uh, I just don't believe that growth. I think they've had a lot of growth pulled forward. Uh, they're almost at the point of sort of justifying that growth. But looking forward, I just don't see this this you know this exponential growth continue and i think the competition is mm. is really here i mean my, my brother's just got a um i ionis five ionic five or whatever yeah. and it's a similar price car and it does absolutely everything a, a, a tesla does so um you know and it does more miles than my tesla so it's straight off the bat it's already a better car for going long distance so um and I,
0: I, I tell you what per, personal Point of view there Um, in my town, Polestar two is really popular. I can't believe how popular Polestar is, Um, and we keep seeing the adverts for it, but we don't see, I I don't, you know, I don't hear a lot about it. Why aren't people talking about Polestar? Is one of my first questions, but the second one, I was driving in Norway the other day, and I think I've spoken about Norway in the Discord a few times to people and how quite far along on the electric scale it is uh, as far as renewables go but i was driving along in my diesel in my diesel car at about 80 kilometers an hour going past me was renault zoe it was uh, ionis it was um no vw's no vw's there were there were no real uh, vw cars going past uh, but the majority of course were tesla there were a few bmw um uh things but it was a massive mix and that was the important anecdotal thing for me right there it was it was a massive mix not everything's a tesla out here uh not everything is uh, you know uh, just the the top flight there wasn't many model x's there was a lot of model y's um but majority that you know Nissan, the, the Leaf, was that was really popular. That's really, really popular over here. Um, I don't think it's the, the only horse in the race here. And like you say, the other stuff has to come off. The other stuff, uh, the solar panels, the battery packs. And I think the battery packs are there. I, I know uh, to, to your point that Tesla might be more, more than a car company. I think it's more than a car company. And I think it's more than a car company right now. But I don't think it's as much of a car company as, you know, if you've gone to the Tesla calculator on the ARK Invest website, it's not a bullish case of four grand per share. And it's not a bearish case of two two grand per share. I think uh, they really have to rethink those numbers.
2: I was going to say, and this sort of like goes on to Buffett's point of all the M&A cars that have since gone bust um, when he produced that list of, of people. But... Anybody looking outside of the majors at the moment has got to sort of look at Tesla as a case and say, look, it's not that a company would necessarily be able to just follow Tesla, and that would, you know, that would that would happen. Look at the massive amounts of capital expenses Tesla has has had to spend to get everywhere at once. Do you know what I mean? I don't think there's going to be anybody, any company that's coming out with. Um, and saying, "Oh, well, we'll just incrementally sell in the UK, and then we'll possibly try France." Like that—that that system just does not work. It's—it mm. it's, really is about like just absolutely blitz scaling your way to getting as many factories out there as you can, getting as many salesmen on the ground as you can, and that the capex spend on that is is incredible. And it, it more because I mean, I'm not I'm not going to buy Tesla. I'm not in a rush to buy Tesla. But God, am I not in a rush to buy Lucid? Am I not in a rush to buy? Yeah. Ne- i mean polestar might be able to like lean on the volvo network because it's it's an old volvo brand but gosh it's it's not a new entrant kind of market is it it feels horrible
0: and and to your point there you look at uh I, i don't know what the debt on stellantis is but for vw the debt is very very high there and like you say it needs to absolutely flood everything and it has tried hasn't it It, with the ids it has tried here in the uk to just go here you go get as many of these out as you can get them sold to um Uh, rental networks, lease car networks, get them all pushed in there, get it, get it seen on the road. That's the important thing, right? Get it seen on the road, get, get people to go, what the fuck is that car? And and that's what happened with Teslas. And I remember Zach uh, talking about uh, his Tesla, uh was it his tesla before or he, or he had a friend who was a tesla and he said he was on the road and people kids would come over and go oh my god I test a tesla tesla that's what you need to do with mm. your electric vehicle in the market these days and i and i completely agree
1: there. Yeah. <laughs> so what's next uh, next is the news from Kellogg's. Uh, I've been having a look at this this week. Uh, since my wife span out my child a week ago, Kellogg's has decided it wants to follow suit and is breaking itself up into uh, three <laughs> separate businesses. Span uh, out. <laughs> I thought. I thought. <laughs> I thought
0: he said, spat out, and, uh, and then it was like, no, he's making. I, he, and, then he, and then I thought, oh no, he's making an investment joke. He's making. An investment joke. <laughs>
1: We're carrying on, are we? Okay. Yeah, carry on. We can carry on. on. So Kellogg's is going to divide itself into uh, three separate businesses. There's the cereals brand, there's the snacks brand, and there's the kind of plant-based meat type brand. It's not quite the same thing as a Beyond Meat, but it is a sort of plant-based foods uh, type of thing. So those of us who are Kellogg's shareholders, by which I mean my godson, uh, he would know that that Kellogg's, as it is at the moment, um, has been... It consisted of those three businesses for a little while there's the kind of snack stuff which is higher margin more growthy the plant-based meat thing has a fairly dominant position in cereal which everyone associates kellogg's with yeah. is in sort of slow grinding decline uh, one way or the other i was thinking about this and trying to work out the one they're keeping hold of by the way that's going to be kind of uh that shareholders will keep is the snacking uh arm because that's the kind of growthy uh, more profitable thing and I'm trying to work out what I think of this. On the one hand, I'm kind of OK with companies getting rid of weaker parts of their businesses. This is what Coke has done for a while and I admire it. They take their kind of uh, less profitable, less um, growthy brands and basically cut them loose and focus on the things that a higher margin. Um, Pepsi, on the other hand, has lower margins because it hangs on to a load of snack based uh, stuff. It also makes um, Doritos and the like, I think, which are a less good margins than brown beverages. Uh, so I kind of like that idea from Kellogg's from a sort of business perspective. And then I heard that the kind of major reason was because they think they might be able to bump their shares to a higher multiple uh, if they do that. Because if people think of them as a kind of snacking company, then they'll likely pay a higher multiple than they do of thinking of them as a cereal company. And I'm less of a fan of that. Um, I'd rather be continuing to buy into... If I want to buy more Kellogg shares, I kind of want to buy a snacking company priced like a cereal company. Um, and rather than have the shares I have get bumped up to sort of snacking company uh, levels. So I'm in two minds about this one, I guess. Um, But that's how I sort of think about spin-outs in general. There's sort of two reasons to do it. One is to try and bump the shares you have up. And in general, I dislike it when that's the case because I want to try and buy more of them. And the other is to try and make your business a bit more efficient, in which case I'm generally pro it. Uh, I'm normally the only person with a view here on Kellogg's, but what do you guys think?
0: So where's the uh, plant-based area going? Where's that staying or going?
1: It's going by itself. Um, So you can, Mm. I think we'll probably, it's going to happen at the end of 2023, I think. So we've got a little way to go and a bit more visibility to come on this sort of thing. But um, as I see it, it's going to be a kind of um, three separate companies. Probably you'll get shares in each of them if you're a Kellogg shareholder. So I've got all next year to load up on Kellogg shares if I want to take advantage of this massive arbitrage opportunity. <laughs> it's, it's it's too late. It's too late.
0: So uh, for me, Kellogg's and I only discovered this ridiculously late. In case anyone doesn't know, I think it was eighteen percent of the plant-based market Kellogg's own, and I didn't know that it's the biggest by far in in the plant-based market. If I was Kellogg's, and it's the same with AT and missing out on being able, like two years ago, AT and was able to say, "Come to the market and say we are the biggest subscription revenue service." in the world they could have they could have come out of that and it would have created an interesting narrative i think kellogg's had the opportunity here to go plant-based and 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 really push the reason you know all this this growthy arm of the plant base and how much of the market they really hold uh, they had so much opportunity to do that and they and they didn't but, uh, you know there could have been all sorts because they there would have been a massive backlash now i totally understand it but i think they they needed to talk about this more and they didn't and it the the news about kellogg's and this market that got to me way too late i i still wouldn't have been invested in it i don't think because it was going no it's going nowhere and you're looking for that dividend that's what kellogg's is for uh but yeah it's a very interesting part of the market that is and i'm surprised no one picked up on it you know there was no big uh news and hype about kellogg's becoming this big plant based. Uh, uh marketeer but yeah a very interesting stock at the minute it's very interesting to see it go but like any spin-off i want to step back and watch what the market feels like first that's that's how i would look at it
2: just having a quick look so the uh forbes has kind of uh outlined the deal um so the newly yep. formed north american cereal company that's going to include the north american business of kellogg's cereals like rice krispies frosted Flakes. great name Yep. Great uh, and the plant that's not co, the name, by the way, we'll but cover, yeah. Yeah. Plant Co <laughs> will we, we'll cover its plant-based foods anchored by its Morningstar Farms line. Hmm. So that's the kind of... And then obviously there's the snacking arm. So that's the snacking co is going to be a pretty big company, isn't it? So I'm looking yep. at Global Snacking mm. Co. Counts yeah. for more than 75% of Kellogg's sales, compromises most of its domestic non cereal products, including Cheez-Its and Pop-Tarts, as well we as the international the cereal it. business. So yeah, so you're going to get the international cereal business and the snacking co together. Then there's going to be the North American uh, version of that, and mm-hmm. then there's going to be the plant co. But looking at the plant co, that's a pretty... I mean, it's a big business for a plant co. It's done $340 million in sales um Mm -hmm. so you know that that i assume that's bigger than beyond me i don't actually know that but it's um... it's
0: it's the biggest in the plant-based market Mm. like full stop it it owns like a
1: big majority of it so i mean there you go There,
2: there there's that you know there's a bit of excitement in kellogg's for you see that must have been why you invested in it
1: it wasn't why I invested <laughs> in it, but it was something I found out while I invested in it, and thought I would quietly be pleased with that kind of um, stuff. I've long thought their kind Ooh. of uh, their kind of real drive to their business has been not from cold cereals, but from um, snacking stuff. the The line between them isn't always clear and bright because a good amount of their cereal stuff comes from things like Rice Krispie squares. Uh, And that sort of thing, which, you know, looks a lot like a cereal uh, for what it's worth. And also their cereals look a lot like snacks when you look at the amount of kind of sugar that's in them and and so on. Um, But uh, I was listening to another podcast on this. It was the Barron Streetwise uh, show, which I think is really great, by the way, for anyone who wants to have a listen. But they were saying that I think uh, it must be something like, or it was a bigger number than I thought. I'm going to go all the way to 70, but I'm very tired. So I'm sorry if I'm wrong about this. Percent of cereals not eaten in the morning. It's people eating it as a dessert. Um I don't know who it is, it's like main <laughs> yeah. mainlining special cave for instead of tiramisu or something. Um bit but... of chocolate, bit of bit, bit of chocolate in it, you make your cornflake buns that's that's what it's for, Thank isn't it? Sure. Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, I eat desserts for breakfast. Why can't someone do the opposite? couple of mini eggs. That's <laughs> eggs of are fruits, aren't they? It's healthy eggs of fruits. Wow.
2: <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I, I get, I get people eating
0: it in the evening. Do you, do you know people who eat cereal in the evening, like as like a supper or something like that? Is that a thing?
1: No, there was a Special K challenge no. not so long ago. It was to help you lose weight. So basically, you take one of your meals and replace it with a bowl of Special K. Um, so be fair, that, will, that will probably make you lose... Uh, wait, sorry. Yeah, you eat it for two meals a day, I think, right? And one yeah, of them not, will be your kind of normal that. breakfast. <laughs> yeah, not
0: with the size of the bowls that I have, especially. <laughs> <but> <laughs> half a box, please. Half a box, please. I want to lose weight now. Um, not a um, Don't
2: under the bowl. Just pour the milk in the bag and take that with you. So so you
0: telling me that they believe that most people are uh, making Rice Krispie treats out of Rice Krispies rather than eating it for breakfast?
1: It's a good question. Um, I'm not really sure how I interpreted that bit of news, to be honest, and I'm very tired, so I, I could be wrong. I understand but... how that's a dessert. I understand how
0: that's <sighs> a dessert. I make it with my kids sometimes. You know? Whack some cornflakes <laughs> in a bowl, pour some chocolate on it, freeze it up, in it, and there you go. It's done. That's a, That's a dessert. I get it. I eat it yeah, for yeah. breakfast. <laughs> like When they forget about it in the fridge, I'll just match it all up before I go out to work and go,
2: oh, that's a healthy breakfast.
0: <laughs> calories. Um, but I, I don't see it. I, I know people who eat it as a cereal, not me. I think they're psychopaths, but I know it's a thing. Um, but I, I don't see it. Sorry, I I, I don't get it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really either. I'm, I'm of the view that the cereal company is kind of the... I guess, beard behind which all the more interesting stuff operates. And I guess just to bring this sort of roughly back to investing for a moment, I think of Unilever in this country and their attempt to dispose of their food businesses and try and buy in some uh, personal products uh, stuff from somewhere. And I'm not quite mm-hmm. sure where that is. It was a Glaxo thing at one point. Uh, this to me feels like, compare that with Kellogg's for a moment, who are kind of going for addition by subtraction, i.e. we're just going to get rid of all the inefficient bits and leave ourselves with a business that's, Okay, smaller but better and more efficient and growthier um, versus Unilever, who are trying to subtract and add at the same time. Um, I, yeah. I prefer the more straightforward Kellogg's move here, for what it's worth. If I were Unilever mm. and I had all this non-growing food product stuff, I'd probably just lose it.
0: Yeah, I definitely think it's a uh, better split. Uh, it's better, some parts deal rather than like Unilever, which is just kind of just kind of spitting off crap that it hates and letting it just rot i think this is a a bit more of a a sum of parts deal which which could go well and and unlock some value here especially in the growthy parts well i think we'll leave it there today because i think we've done pretty well on the podcast so very very entertaining for me today and i've learned a lot a lot and uh thank you to everybody who's watching um we'll see you next week